Hello and welcome to episode 76 of Prosperity by the Pine. I'm your host, Bryce Carter, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, certified investment management analyst, and self-proclaimed millennial money expert. This is a podcast where we talk about money, investing, business, and life success, all while having a cold beer. As promised, part two of the entrepreneur's journey, entrepreneur's journey with Mark Carter, father, and, uh, and my father, and chartered financial consultant. Welcome aboard, Mark. Dad. Glad to be here. Beer of the week. Um, I saw bourbon on the beer label, and I got excited because, as you guys know, I like bourbon. Uh, but I'm nervous now because Allie tells me this is a different type of beer that's more vinegary, and I don't like that. But it is called Unity Vibration Bourbon Peach American Wild Air. It's a kombucha or ale. It's a kombucha beer. So Dad and I are going to give this a try here. <laughs> I, I would have never bought this, but we'll see. You saw bourbon and you got excited too. Hopefully we like it. Don't smell it, she says. All right, well. All right, we're taking the right. dive. Cheers. Okay, that's not you had me nervous. That's pretty good. I mean I wouldn't use pretty good. It's not bad. <laughs> it is tolerable. It's a five on a scale of one to five. One <laughs> it's a five on a scale of one to five? Maybe one to ten. Okay, five. yeah. That's, that's what, what yeah, that's yeah, what I, I get what say. you meant. All right. Uh it's fruitier. There's not a lot of bourbon there. I don't taste any bourbon to you. No. No. But uh and you don't like fruit in your beer. So no. it's awfully so be, peachy. That's the reason it's a five on a scale of one to ten. One more sip for clarification. But thank here. God it's not a one. Yeah, I think Allie told us it was going to taste like vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is what she said. Is that what she said word for she word? Did. Yeah, okay. So episode uh, 76 here. Last last week we talked about uh, uh, your your start, taking the leap as an entrepreneur yep. and, and, and getting into the business and growing that business and trials and tribulations, wearing suits that don't quite fit and working on a green metal desks and, and uh, you know, taking second jobs and, and, and that that you know, the trials and tribulations where it really feels like instead of carrying a pile of gold up a hill, you're carrying a, 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 a sack of wet potatoes and uh, somebody's throwing something at you at the same time. So this episode is the culmination of, of, of the really hard work in the beginning years to where you meet the top of the hill and just the different skill set that involves. So I guess talk a little bit about when you finally made it to where you're like, okay, now it's it, it was really hard. And then it got to be to where it wasn't so hard, but now it's like, okay, I feel like I'm pretty successful. When was that point for you? I got to say year 10. Uh, you know, again, 32 years into this, I started, you know, eight, 1988. I think uh, we started rolling about, uh, you know, 1998. I kind of felt like uh, my client base was solid and um, we, you know, we're we're working some staff still. I think we started about year four uh, hiring some help, um, but we were expanding on staff at that particular point. Really had to analyze uh, the time, you know. So if you're a business owner and you're trying to grow your business, then you got to start looking about where's your time best spent. Yeah. And, and, and ultimately, in our profession, you know, it's seeing clients, you know, being across the table, talking to people, you know, managing assets and doing those things, you know, doing the clerical things. Uh, you know, I do think that was important in the, in the early years, doing everything, because then you got a sense of how to do it, the way that it needs to be done, and you got a feel for it. But then it gets to a point in your career where you, you know, you're not going to be efficient unless you start to delegate. Well, you, you want, I mean, any, you would think any client 
of a financial planner would want their financial planner doing financial planning, not processing applications and paperwork and other sort of well, different I, things. I do get that, yeah. and, and it is that particular case. But you know, um, if you did, if I did that too early and had to pay a salary when you're yep. just making ends meet, then you don't make it. Then you don't make it. Right. So you got to find that balance, and um, and so. That is something you definitely have to be aware of is what's that point where I've got to get one person and two people and and so on. I have found that there's a profound difference between managing and having having two one or two employees to having a large team. Yes. I mean, now you're looking at is your job really a financial planner or is it managing people? And I think a lot of people in our profession and similar professions that, that are in the personal and professional services, attorneys, accountants struggle with the fact that they should be delegating more. And then once they start delegating, who's delegating the delegators. Yeah. So I guess, how do you reach that point? And when do you understand that there's gotta be a shift there and how your time is spent whether it's getting somebody at a, at a managerial level or, or how do you reach that point and, and what do you do there? I mean, give up control is tough, right? It, you, yeah, you are giving up control. I mean, the first thing is you obviously have to have people you extremely trust, uh, especially when you start delegating the financials and paying the bills and, and, and running off of that operation. You know, we're really blessed because your sister and my daughter, Brittany, now handles that between the three offices. So, um, and, and you know, there was attempts um, early for me to kind of create that atmosphere. And and one thing that I learned, and I think all business owners and entrepreneurs need to understand, you're going to have you're going to have strengths and you have weaknesses. And you better realize what your weaknesses are and hire to your weaknesses. Do not hire to your strengths. Because that, this that, is a mistake that I know that you made for the longest time. Right. Dad, dad's very good at math. For the longest time, you would give your your administrative uh, assistants or potential employees a math test. Well, that's not what you needed help with. And, you know, that was kind well, of. I used a, to do a couple of things, and some of it probably was a little <laughs> irritating. You know, I got a little irritated with some of the younger people that uh, I hired that had to have a calculator in their hand just to do basic math. And I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna fit that when I when I interview them. They're gonna have to do a basic, you know." Plus minus a little division here. <laughs> the other thing I used to do is because I, I, I'm, I'm a pretty organized and neat kind of guy, so I hate messy. So I always sent somebody out to look in their car when I was interviewing <laughs> them to see how messy the car was. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that's funny or not, but that's just something that I did. But, but the point being, the, that the was point. a weakness <laughs> of mine. Well, hiring was a weakness. Yeah, yeah. So, was a weakness. Well, the, there's, as we know, there's different parts of the brain, and the part of the brain that works with analytical skill sets uh, often is is uh, <clears throat> can, in conflict with the part of the brain that's that's creative, and those are not correlated with being um, uh, neat. So often, an artist uh, that has very creative is going to have a messy apartment. The problem is, is you need that skill set along for marketing. You need you need people that are going to. Allie, I'm sorry because Allie works in marketing. I'm sorry if you, is your apartment messy. <laughs> no, it's not. She says it's clean. Okay, she's a clean artist. Okay. Um, but you know, th- you need those different skill sets. I, is the point. I understand. I understand. But that was one of my uh, best moves was to actually change. You know, turn all the hiring and that kind of thing because I was the other side. I was extremely um, soft. And so uh, people that probably weren't right for that particular position mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I kept a lot longer than what I, I should have. And, um, you know, Br- Brittany, that's her skill set. You know, she's yeah. very good with people, the, the you know, background as a youth minister. And so, uh, and frankly, it, it, once that took place, it took all that another element of stress because that's the other thing as a, a business owner is you, you know you, you can't try to attack everything you've got to focus on what is the most profitable way to do it but when you get to that we'll call it the middle stage right yeah. you know you've climbed the hill and you're there how do you yeah. keep it rolling but uh, you, you have to pick and choose um your battles so to speak well, I and I think the interesting dynamic at that that stage of your career too is your time is pulled in different directions because now us as kids are older and and you know mom stayed at home but us as kids are older now we're going to sporting events and yeah. you know and and practice starts at three and a lot of times you want to be there for practice or you know yeah. help coach or you know Saturday game sporting events and different things like that so now business is coming easier. But time is spread more thin. Absolutely. So the time, man, I guess to kind of talk to us about the time management, how do you cope with that? And how do you offset the fact that I could go to work and pay those, pay more bills, have, provide more for my family, but want to be there for the, the events? I mean, that's... Uh. Well, it, it is tough, but but ultimately, I mean, one of the big reasons that I, I believe that you want to go into business or be an entrepreneur, it's not all financial. It just simply isn't. Yeah. It is also to give you freedom. You know, I can honestly say I, I don't ever remember missing one of you guys' football games, wrestling matches, or anything like that. I don't care, you know, when Brandon was wrestling in college, yep. if it was in New York or Iowa or where. You and mom would take turns. And, we'd, we'd, yeah. we'd jump in a motorhome and take turns driving and make sure that we were there that next morning. And, you know, those are some of the best memories. So quality of life yeah. uh, as far as sharing it with family and being at those events uh, because it's short-lived. Yeah. I mean, now all that's over, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You yeah. guys are grown up, and it's, so it's a short you want to focus on. That's a huge advantage. I think there's a term to it that's called success panic, uh, where where you kind of start to have this little bit of panic that you're going to miss out on the other things because you're so focused on the drive, and you're addicted to the thrill of the kill and the, the art of the deal, as, as the, the Donald would tell us. But you have to keep priorities and focus, and I think you did a really good job of doing that. I mean, I I, I do remember uh, those those times when it's like, okay, Brandon's wrestling in uh, Pennsylvania, and I have a meet uh, in in you know northern Michigan, and it's like flip a coin, who's going which direction? Yeah, we you just know? conquered it's, divide. One yeah. of us wanted to be there, and so that's <clears> what we did. But um, you know, so when you get to that particular point, it's actually. Uh, it's hectic, right? Because you're, 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 you just finish a hard day's work and you're going to go do that. But it's the joy of having your own business. It's yeah. one of the extreme positive sides. Well, one of the other things I guess I wanted to touch on is where you were 10 or 12 years ago when you were 20 years in the business, by all measures in our business, extremely successful. There's there's different levels, right? You can be a solo practitioner, maybe you an assistant, and make a very good living yep. and be successful. And mm-hmm. that for some people, that's what they want to do. And, and they're going to be able to provide with Nothing the family. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. There's another level in which now you have multiple team members and you have maybe some other advisors that you're working with. And usually those operations are less than 10 people. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where I'd say you probably were 10 years ago. I think it was you were about ago, seven probably, or yeah. seven or eight people total, two or mm-hmm. three advisors and, and uh, uh, three or four uh, administrative marketing um, yep. uh, helpful mm-hmm. people. Right. 
but and a lot of people said, well, what's next? And I remember us going to conferences and different things like that. And they're like, well, what are you going to do now? You already have this going uh, on and that going they, they on. They viewed and, it as, as a top of my game, and I viewed it like there was more opportunity out there. And so what's what's the driving factor other than your children um, <laughs> to, to, to want to take it to the next level? And then what do you do? Because that's a dramatic shift. I would say it goes from solo business owner to small business to enter, enterprise level kind of organization, right? right Where it's, right. you know, you start to get to 20 people plus, and it's like, this is a bigger machine. I mean, there's more multiple than, locations, and, all uh, human inter- resources, yeah, yeah. And, and employee handbooks, and all kinds of different things, right? Right, right. So I guess talk about that a minute. Well, well, if you want to take a beer break, you can take a beer break too. I'm, I'll wait you till don't. your next time you talk. <laughs> um, miss that opportunity. Um, I, the first key is you got to surround yourself with the right people, right? If you don't have the right people, it's not going to work. Um, the second thing, and you know, I should have mentioned this a long time ago, you will not be successful opening your own business if the partner that you have in life is not going to going to support you. It's impossible to come home and have um, a day that you're going to have and not have that loving support. Um, so that, it, that, that part yeah. is huge, but you go to the next level. First of all, you have to come to the point and say, you know, I'm not done. I, I, I'm, you yeah. know, I could coast right here and, um, I, you know, we'd be fine. My kids would be fine. And now you're all saying that, at, at year more. 20, you were saying I could have coasted. I felt like I could have coasted at that yeah. point. I really didn't have to take new clients on. I could have just taken my, my client base and, and been very selective and kept the size. But I was that wasn't satisfying to me. I, yeah. I just I felt like that there was more I wanted to do. And with more that I wanted to do, I mean, I'd have been in my 40s then, right? Yeah. Am I going to just say, okay, this is it. I'm going to be satisfied. I just, it wasn't the way I was wired. Well, I think a lot of, I guess you mentioned you were in your 40s at the time. I'll remind you to take your beer break now while I'm going to talk because I'm having a thought here. Is that, <laughs> It's really not that bad after a few more sips. Um, so is, is you're in your 40s at your time. One of the benefits is you started very early. Yep, in, in 25. Your, yeah, 25. And so a lot of guys, in you know, by the time they reach that small business status where it's multiple employees and stuff, are in their late 50s or 60s. So you can understand why they do that coast component yeah right? i mean like i say they're the size in your operation and all those things i mean it becomes a personal decision of how hard you want to work what you're trying to achieve and what you want to accomplish um you know they're you know the the same business strategies you know honest and ethical and hard work you can do that at any level right but i guess I, well this is where i want to kind of hammer down for a minute because do you really have to work harder to reach that next level or do you have to work smarter do you have to just be right yeah it's a i mean that's a good point harder and smarter but you know when we opened the northville office what my days were like as we went down there and and did that uh, necessary expansion it was a long hard day so it's not going to be uh that you're not going to have to work harder but by that particular point you're a lot smarter you've made some mistakes you've um you know, whether it's hiring or, or maybe buying the wrong building or doing whatever it happened to do yeah. for the expansion. So you feel like you're smarter. you got to work smarter. You're delegating a lot more. Um, you got a strong team around you. Yeah. And then, uh, but you still got to work hard. Well, and 
Yeah, that and that's, I guess, one of the things I was very proud that you did was, one, not coast, but two, open to change. Whether it was change in the responsibilities in which you were delegating, change in technology, which you, you don't like, but you you understand the, 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 the component of that it improves us, right? And so you've been open to change, and there's many entrepreneurs and small business owners and people that, that are in family businesses that, that don't embrace that change until they're ready to be done and yeah. i think that hurts themselves and their business so if you want to go to that next level you know and you're in whether whatever age that you happen to be uh and you're you're, you're trying to kick that in you know we don't wear the same clothes that we did in the 90s you know we don't make phone calls the same way we don't drive the same cars we don't do the same things that we did 20 and 30 years ago Yep. So what makes you think that you can operate a business the exact same way you did 20, 30 years ago and actually get it to the next level? That's not going to happen. And so uh, I'm not saying you have to cancel and revamp everything, but what you really need to do is you do need to be open to change. And some of it, I, frankly, I was very uncomfortable with because, you know, we I grew up in an era that, you know, technology wasn't uh, as part of my life as much as you. Yeah. And so you had to take people that you trust and say, you know, if that's what we need to do to do that, do it. And, um, you know, that has worked out very, very well because of the people that surrounded me, you know, not just you and Brandon and Brittany, my, my children, um, but the, the team that we have off of that. Yeah. So this transition trends this success prior to entrepreneur uh, enterprise success some of the biggest lessons i guess that you might have learned during that period i think i one thing that i've heard is that it, it depends on what you want you know and mm-hmm. i don't know the phrase for that um but i know relationships and key relationships were a huge component as well i just know that from the story yeah yeah is, is anything else well, no, I just, you know, we all have dreams, right? It varies in those dreams and what you want to do. And once you uh, you're actually get to the point where that one dream has been accomplished, you know, um, it's, it's okay to say, you know what, I really don't want uh, to move to the next level. That's okay. But if you do and you've got, you set goals and you have dreams to become bigger and better, you do, as you talked about being, uh, being smarter about it, you do need to be smarter about it. You got to be careful not to get yourself over leveraged. You got to be careful to make sure that you're doing it and you don't do it so fast that you get out of control of what's got you to that point and why you're successful to that point. Yeah. When you want to go to the next level, the objective is, is you don't want to go backwards. Now, sometimes you got to take one step back to move two steps forward. But in reality, ultimately, you've got to have the game plan. And by that particular point, you, you, you should have things figured out. So there's one or two things that I heard there that we hadn't touched on prior. And so I want to, I want to touch on those is one, you said, you know, don't get yourself over leveraged. It's easy, you know, in the expansion state to do that. So Mm -hmm. did you make mistakes along that line? And what would you tell people? That's a fine line to tread between, you know, trying to grow and and being responsible. Right, right. right. Well, obviously uh, we did um, a lot of expansion in 2007. Well, you, and that, I think you also said 98 was when it really started to get easy, and that's right before the, another gigantic crash. Right, right. So two, September 11th and yeah, all that I mean, stuff. Yeah, you know, we, we bought a $780,000 uh, 
dollar office building in, in 2007, right before the market crashed, right? Now, yeah. nobody could have seen necessarily that particular piece happen, but, you know, we were lucky, we, you know, it, it, there were some other opportunities, you know, what if I'd have bought a bigger building, you know, what if we would have bought two <clears> buildings, you know, yeah. what, if we, what if we would have did those things, you know, it gets to the point where you got to understand, no matter what business you're in, I don't care if it's real estate, whatever, whatever, there's going to be points where there's going to be some kind of downturn, some type of slowing. So if you if you get to that middle ground or point that we're talking about, yeah. you don't want to go back to square one. So you better be prepared for that. It will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, this is probably going to be as best a, a point to, to leave us off for the next and the third and final installment here, which is where, you know, enterprise level entrepreneurial success, what does that look like? And then also the dynamics of working in a family business. We mentioned my brother, Brandon, my sister, Brittany, you know, obviously my father's in the business and uh, my mother-in-law is in the business. And, and uh, so it's, it's very commingled. Uh, and, and that, that creates an interesting dynamic. And so we're going to be talking about that in episode 77 next week. Um, but don't forget to, to subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you listen. That's where we are. Cheers. Cheers. The topics that I discuss in this podcast are meant to be general information and educational only. I'm not giving you specific advice because I don't know you personally. In order to give you specific advice, you should work with an advisor or someone that can learn your specific situation and give you advice that applies to you. If I talk about a specific security, please keep in mind I'm not recommending that security. And don't forget, investing involves risk. When you invest, there's always the possibility of losing capital, which is why you should consult with a qualified, licensed financial advisor prior to investing.